Welcome to Dharmic Evolution, episode number 21. Hey everybody, I'm your host James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, and master storyteller. And today we are traveling west to Los Angeles, California to visit with Roseanne Little Warrior Leslie, author, coach, speaker, Roseanne does it all, and she has some pearls of wisdom for you, so let's strap up your seatbelts, let's go for a ride. Today, welcome to everybody on the Dharmic Evolution, my guest today, we're traveling west to Los Angeles, California, and a dear friend of mine for many years, uh, a life coach, an author, an entrepreneur, this lady's done it all. This is Roseanne, otherwise li- known as Little Warrior, Leslie. And uh, Roseanne, thank you so much for being a part of Dharmic Evolution. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's get started, like right off the bat. When did you discover that this was your life's calling? I mean, um, you've done a lot of different things. You've author of two books. Uh, one is called Throwing Stars Far. The other is called Chasing Rainbows. Um, how did you ever get into the idea that you are an author? How did you become an author? Okay, so the author part is a, it's all an interesting story, which one in which I like to encourage um, my clients to find their story, otherwise known as their personal myth. It was about 25 years ago, I literally had a dream, woke up in the middle of the night from the dream, and I was so moved and motivated and inspired to write it down that I started to write it, and as it turned out, it directed me and guided me for the next five years, and it turned into a fairy tale, which turned into products that I developed and designed, which turned into workshops for kids in elementary schools. Um, So that was how it all started. And then um, I discovered that it wasn't the end of a creative process, but the beginning. When I... um, in 19, actually 2001, I, got, I started a, the process of a divorce, which um, was the invitation I like to look at as the development of a new character, Little Warrior, which was the character for my other book called Chasing Rainbows. In that process of the divorce, I ended up teaching myself, coaching myself through that, uh, that journey and ended up having people come to me with their relationship um, challenges, either their divorces. And then there was also another group of individuals that really just were not happy with the paths that they were on, um, their career paths. So it really happened organically, which is what I like. Um, I find that there are a lot of people out there in jobs and um, areas that they're living that doesn't really honor who they are. And I think who we are is a natural process. So when it starts, when what you're doing starts to feel unnatural or forced, I think we have to ask ourselves those questions and see, you know, where we can guide ourselves. So this whole thing started with a dream and then, you know, just, just, um, just to be clear, how did you, like when you started doing this, 
Did you start writing the books first or did the whole thing happen all at the same time? Like you, you all of a sudden, people were approaching you and asking you for help coaching while you were writing. It didn't happen at first. Um, it, it really was the, the book started. It was just a really natural process. I didn't really have people starting to ask me about their career paths until I started doing the workshops in the schools and they would ask me, people would ask me how that happened. And what it really was is the power of um, intuition. And uh, the driving force there is also um, inspiration. So I became inspired, then I became motivated, and then I think that energy and the things that I was doing in the schools and then the book that I started writing from my divorce was really the model for uh, coaching. So... Um, it became something that I, I feel you gain mastery with the experiences and the many years of experiences that you are doing these things over and over again. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let me ask you on the inspiration topic: How, who inspired you? What inspired you to um, to you know besides the dream? What was in the dream that was so inspirational that that brought you to this? this doorway of opportunity? That's a really great question. Um, I ask what, really great questions. Yes, you really do. Just ask anybody. <laughs> That's true. What inspired me about the dream was I saw it as archetypes and a puzzle. And I was really curious to find out what the puzzle and what those symbols were. And um, that was really what was the driving what was driving and inspired me as far as people inspiring? Is that another question? Well, no. When you say archetypes, what are you referring to exactly? I'm referring to the symbols that we all innately have as human beings. Okay. Those symbols, which are in myths. So um, there's, a great, there's a great book, The Power of Myth, that Joseph Campbell um, discusses with Bill Moyers. I, I started to look at that after I had the dream to kind of connect the dots um, to what that was. And the dream ended up revealing uh, human emotions in the symbols of hearts. So that was the pattern that I, I started to work with. Okay, so the archetypes were pieces of the puzzle, and you saw a yes. way to connect them. Yes, okay. and that, that became a lifelong pattern. So what happens and what I've worked with people on is what is their pattern, what are their symbols, and what do their symbols lead them to? And when you follow that, you discover it never ends. You're just one creative energy that keeps creating so long as you're alive. So it's a very esoteric subject, which I find fascinating. So you connect all the pieces, but we are, we are a, a perpetual work in progress of it's, it's never complete, it's never perfect, it's never finished. Correct? Exactly. And that's, okay. what, that's what keeps us excited. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Because if, if it all completed, what would we do? We would just go to the Elks Lodge for the rest of our life. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. So you're now, so you're, uh, you, you became a life coach also. So how did you become a life coach? Is that part of the, because that's kind of a different thing, or is that rolled into the whole thing? That's really part of the process also. What I have discovered is there are a lot of everythings today. There's a lot of writers and artists and coaches and doctors and lawyers and business people. And what I find is that we, um, you know, we specialize in areas that are natural to us. 
my kind of coaching is um, self-taught and trained by my experiences that I've discovered work. And so my, my style is that I think everybody has a story, a myth inside of themselves. And I help them discover what that is, bring it out into the world so they can profit from it. And they, it works. So, so you take everybody's uh, unique special gifts and help them enterprise that and market it as their essential, you know, that's their essential commodity, correct? It is. And also, what I also like to focus on that's very important, um, well, I always focus on the thought for the day. And the thought for today is never undervalue the significance of every baby step. Because without the baby step, we can never reach the top. And so when I look back at these years, it literally is 25 years that I have been taking these baby steps, which constantly reveal new dimensions of who I am and what I can bring out into the world and what I can help people bring out into the world. Also, Kevin, what's really important to me is that um, success was always an internal component to me. It was always more about how I was feeling as an integrated human being. So I also work with people that you don't necessarily have to profit, per se, from your myth. It's something that should fuel you and make you happy. And in addition to whatever your career or jobs are. What do you you mean uh, profit by your myth? What what I mean by is that, you know, if I'm working with somebody and they're an attorney, say their attorney is their way of generating their income. That's their their source of income. Their myth could also be hobbies or other ways of defining and self-expression. Maybe it's painting, maybe it's drawing, maybe it's um, knitting or playing golf. Those are all, we're we're not just one-dimensional. So when we discover what your myth is, it could be different ways of generating revenue. It could be building empires. It could be a lot of different things. It's not, you're not really locked into one, um, one aspect of yourself. But don't you feel like most of us do compartmentalize ourselves and say, okay, I got this piece over here and then I got this other piece, but I can never meld them together. Um, I do believe that. I think sometimes men are really exceptional with compartmentalizing, and I actually would love to be a little bit more like that. I think, I think in some degrees, um, it's important to compartmentalize because we can we can function better. Well, I'm trying to get out of it because I'm like a, a, a runaway train with none of the cars are locked up together. It's like, um, what is this big know. mess coming down the road? No, <laughs> I know you pretty well, and I think that you have a pretty good balance of compartmentalizing, relaxing, meditating, channeling. Well, what I meant was like, you know, a lot of people have different gifts and they say, well, I can't, I can't do this. And I went through that in my past career. I could never share like the music and the artistic side with what else I was doing in my other professional career because it got so, it just was so misunderstood. So that's what I meant by that is, um, there's a way of, I feel that if you can take all of the pieces that you have, whether it be business, art, whatever, and combine them, I think that's the ultimate life. 
Uh, yes, it is. I think that what happens is we, as little children, are, you know, we take a square peg or our parents take the square peg and they try to fit everybody into a round peg or round hole, however you, you say that. Right. And I think what, that's where the problems lie, is that everybody is geared in our society to be more like homogenized rather than really um, focus on what is that child's one unique gift or strength. A lot of kids today, their parents have them so over um, committed to piano lessons, sports, art, and, and you're not really allowing the child to discover who they are. If you leave the child alone, they're going to naturally be drawn to that which is natural to them. My sister is a really good example of that. One of my sisters, um, actually a few of them, um, my one sister saw her son scribbling on a little napkin when he was about three, and she saw that as, you know, his natural inclination. And he's a phenomenal artist today in his mid-twenties, and he's successful. So that's that's really a great example of a parent guiding their children, you know, down a very positive and healthy path. Now, that doesn't mean that we're always going to be able to profit from that. But I think that our chances of being more balanced, happier, and profiting is better the younger and the sooner we find out what those natural abilities are. So tell me a little more about your style and approach. When you have somebody that you say, hey, this person fits like a glove, I know how to help them. What's the first thing you look at and how you go about you know, helping them? The first thing I really look at is um, where, what is making them happy or unhappy in their life. Um, I usually, we usually uncover some of the blocks and obstacles or anxieties. A lot of the times um, it has to do with their childhoods and whether they feel deserving or not. And those, those feelings are really deeply rooted and they, they carry with us for many, many years. You know, we might say we feel we're deserving, but deep down inside, I don't know if a lot of people feel that. Well... Depend, it depends on how you were brought up. Yeah. <laughs> if you were brought up in Stalag 13, it was beaten into you. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. I'm 20 I, or 30 years, maybe 40. Yeah, see, that's the thing. What, one of the things that I like about what I do is I, I truly believe that had I had somebody coaching me 30 years ago, I would have gotten things faster and more resolved in a shorter period of time. I think that we, can, we don't have the tools um, often as children and young adults, that we spend a good two decades trying to unravel, you know, this puzzle. Right. And, you know, with, with help, with somebody who understands what those puzzle pieces are, you can, you can really be set on your way in a shorter period of time. But the work is really up to you. You know, somebody like myself, I can raise questions. I can show you where you might need to work on areas, but it really... It really takes, you have to do that work and you have to be really honest um, and sincere and disciplined. Yeah, I think, you know, I've run into people who, um, and as you know, I've done some, some introspective work, but I think, you know, I try to share this with everybody that I touch in my life that if they, if I suspect that they need some help, I try to very gingerly tell them there are uh, sources available today, which are pretty amazing, that can help you with this burden. But once again, you cannot, you know, you can bring them to the stream, but 
they need to drink the water. It's the old, um, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher magically arrives. Hey, who is your... um, I think it is awareness, Kevin. I think and it's also readiness. You know, I, I think that we're all afraid of certain things until we're ready. Right. Yeah, agreed. Hey, who is your, um, what's your typical client? Like, who's the best type of person that you would work with? Somebody very young, uh, middle, no, you know, the, what age? person is somebody who's ready. Uh, okay. People come to me when they are completely devastated or ecstatically happy about change because it's really change. It's about, you know, you saying, okay, you know, so, something that I am not doing right or I'm really ready and um, like, there's always a demarcation point or a few of them in our lives where we go, okay, something's not working right. Or there's a really great saying, you created this. So I can look back in my life and I could see where, oh my gosh, all these horrible things were happening. And if I created it, how was I creating it? I didn't see myself as creating it. Wait a minute. When you say, when you make that statement, you created it, is that the, the person coming to you saying that of themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a saying out there that we create our realities. Got it. Okay. And what, what I'm meaning is that we really don't only create it. We are we co-create it with our past, with our upbringings and our childhoods. And that's how most of us keep these patterns of things that are not working on our lives because we don't know how to identify the trigger of that pattern in order to stop it. So a perfect client, what I look at, um, because well, wait a I minute before you move on to that. So, so what you're saying is, every time we recreate something new and fresh and what we think is amazing and beautiful, it's tainted by our past because we haven't but reconciled it. it. It can be, but yeah. if you're creating something beautiful, a lot of times in beautiful art, there's sadness, there's sadness and joy. There's all of these things. Right. What I like to see happen with other with people is that they can make the identification of what is the trigger that's going to help them propel themselves or stop. So you can ask somebody who's a smoker the same kind of question. What are you thinking before you light that cigarette? What are you thinking before you put that extra piece of cake in your mouth? These are These are triggers. So to have a an ideal client, it really depends on the individual because I've worked with kids who are in their teens and people well in you know their senior years and I find that so many of them, if not all of them, still have that little child that is struggling with those things, with certain things. Right. So, and that's just not having command over their emotions. Uh, or not, or not yeah, even their emotions, no but but it's it's something deep inside they haven't resolved. Kevin, it's always like avoidance, right? You're trying to get out of something. It is so deeply rooted that that's where the intuition comes in. That with my own life, I recognized that I was very very intuitive as a really young child, but that you know the messages I got from adults or family was that's not right, that thought is not right, or what you're saying is not correct. When actually, it was just me being very intuitive with the situation. Now, what I learned was that you can, you can draw that intuition out in a positive or negative way. So what you really want to work on with clients is how to train them to trust themselves, 
their intuition so they can manifest positive things in their world rather than negative. Okay. okay. So when you get your, your the client in, like what sh what should their expectations be um, for both you know from you and and, and like what are they what should um, what should they be expected to do? I mean, they got to do the work, like you said. So they have to do the work. My job really is to go in to go when I say go in, go into that place that is inside of themselves where they're open, where they allow me to come in and to bring questions that might be uncomfortable for them, but that they can look at and, go, and as a mirror more, you know, what their expectations of me should be that one, I'm going to be honest, caring, compassionate, and I'm going to show them their best self. And then they have the choice after I make the suggestions of things that they can look at and change to do it. Right, you know, a right. lot of a lot of this is. Um, I go back to when I was 24. I started therapy, and I was very, very lucky to have a therapist that was good. You know, he was open-minded. He was really into um, intuitives and um, hypnosis and things like that, which is not your typical um, conservative Western way of therapy. But um, what I learned in those seven years that I had gone was. One day a week wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So one of the things that I incorporated in the coaching was that I wanted to talk to people every single day. I wanted to set their day in the morning and finish their day at night and touch up and touch base with them during the day. And I find that when you work that way, people are better able to change old patterns because you're literally in their face. Right. So, how do you do these communications? Is this like uh, text, phone calls? Uh, you it's know, phone calls. It's in person if they're in the area. It could be FaceTime. It could be. It's a lot of the time. It's on the phone. Right. You and, know. And and how is how is that going? Do people feel like that is a more powerful way to get to the root of things quickly? Uh, yes. I my the clients I have are very happy with their results, and I care that their results are a success. Um, one of the things that I believe in is that you need to keep, I need to keep a, a rein on the amount of people that I work with in order to serve them properly. I don't believe you have enough hours in the day uh, as an individual to, to be there for so many people because you might be working with somebody for 30 minutes to an hour a day, but you're with them all day long and even at night. I mean, I'm thinking of how they can do better or the things that might help them or concepts or branding, whatever it is that they're working on, I'm working on that also, sometimes, you know, around the clock. So, so you're constantly in your mind orchestrating techniques that serve them their particular unique situation. So it's, so it's like you might think of this at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I got a perfect exercise for this person tomorrow. I have to lay this on them. So, well, yeah. so yes. that's why it's well. That's why it's a better method to have the daily because you're you're really um, manipulating their recovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a it's a really interesting, it's an interesting way of coaching actually. And I probably it's organic, and I developed it because when I was working on my fairy tale, and I had no art training. I trained myself through my mind and intuition 
how to create the products, how the products were going to be developed, and executing them. So I taught myself these methods, and they worked. And what I discovered was all these things we can manifest and pull out of ourselves, we are a great teacher. You know, we have everything inside of ourselves. Sure, there's information out there that we can use as validation, and there's different tools, but basically the essential teacher is inside. Okay, so if there's one thing that you could go to a client and say, you know, I got something very special that, you know, information uh, to, to make them aware of your techniques, you know, and you stripped it all down, what would you say to them? What would I say that again? You know, if you were going to go to a client, say he had somebody on the fence and they're coming to you and they're saying, you know, I, I kind of like what I hear, but you had, you just had two minutes and you had to strip down everything we just discussed and say to this client, you know, this is why you should come and visit with me. Well, the one thing I would say is that, uh, one, I guarantee my work and also in 30 days, you literally will change your life. You'll change it. You'll, you'll, if you're stuck in any one place, I guarantee that in 30 days, it won't be that way. Well, that's pretty phenomenal right there. Right. But I also don't work with, you know, I won't work with, with some people. I mean, I work with people that are really ready and motivated because you can't, you know, if you're not motivated, then I really think therapy or some other kind of method is, is going to work for you. You have to really be in your head ready to begin a relationship, end a relationship, or a number of things. I mean, all of us who've been through marriages and divorce know you need to be ready to make that kind of a change. And when you're ready, then somebody like myself or really a good coach that you match with is going to help you go through those stages. Hey, while you you just mentioned the divorce thing now, any information on what's going on with the divorce rate these days? Is it still like going out of sight or is, has it calmed down? Because, you know, obviously a lot of younger people have been getting married and so forth. So um, is there any um, any hope for humanity that's a whole, to old traditional ways? That's a whole other conversation. No, I know. But if, I just thought because the, you're in this business, I thought I'd ask you. I was just curious. This is what I see happening. <laughs> I think what happens with marriage, first of all, people aren't thinking, they, I don't think they're thinking any differently today as far as they did in the past for getting married because the perks are so seductive politically and, you know, as far as religion goes, they, they seduce people in there. People think that they really have to do that. But um, to stay in a marriage, uh, the thing that I do tell people who are in romantic relationships or want romantic relationships is that... Love is really easy and effortless. Communication is what can be challenging. But when it comes to marriage and love, that person that you're with, you shouldn't have problems. I mean, you can have things to communicate, to discuss. But that person, that is the one person that should be enjoyable. The one person, that's your go-to place. And I see a lot of people that... They cling out of attachment. A lot of it is, you know, sexual chemistry, and they're forgetting that you have to like the person you're having sex with. And, you know, you only learn those things that don't work either by being in the wrong relationship or spending a lot of time getting to know who you are. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, you have been an East Coast person most of your life. You shifted out to California, I guess, uh, about a year or two ago. How is the transition? 
Um, I really think the weather is amazing, and um, I don't. I, I like the East Coast to visit in the winter, I, right? Like February, yeah, you like oh, here? Yeah. No, I yeah, I I like. Um, I would like to visit back east, but I don't. I don't know about really living there full time because the the weather is challenging. I mean, with all that's going on um, environmentally. You can't predict what a day is going to be like on the East Coast anymore. It could be hot, cold, rainy, sunny. And, uh, and all here, of that in one day we get. All sometimes. of that in one day. Yeah. Here we have other issues. We have the drought. And um, it's not – there's there's aspects to California that can be challenging as well. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think it really depends on where you are in your life. Yeah, I had the good fortune to be in San Francisco this March. I loved it. Going from zero to 70, uh, one plane ride, that was phenomenal. Hey, what are you reading? Can you share with us anything that's cool that you're reading um, that, that you would like to just you know put out there that's a good read? Um, um, there's a lot of books. I think um, I really, really love um, – I love Robert Greene. I think he's a really great um, assimilator of a lot of – good information for people. His book on um, the 48 Laws of Power, his book on mastery, they're excellent books. I'm also reading um, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Oh, yeah. He's really great. Li- yeah, I really like him. He's super positive. He always shares um, the influences that he has. You know, there's a, re- there's a lot of great speakers t- today that have really done the same thing that I do, and it's their experience it's their own challenges. And I tell people all the time, if I can do this, if I can do anything, you can do it. Right. You can, and everybody says that. And But the truth is, is that if you, if you put your mind to it, um, you really can. And one of the most difficult things I ever did was to quit smoking. You know, I smoked cigarettes for seven years and it was totally not my character. And one of the most difficult things I did to stop and that was 26 years ago. I can't even imagine being that person again. Yeah, that's, you know, so a lot of people have said that, you know, quitting smoking is like, it's, it's harder what, than heroin. Yeah, that's what they said. And I, I mean, I don't know how true it is because I was a smoke junkie. I was really bit. This was way before patches and all that. And uh, I just did it, which I created my own little way of doing it using my mind. But it's a hard thing to do. It for sure is. And congratulations on that, by the way. You'll live a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, there, well that was 26 years ago. But, but that's a whole other story. So I'm late. I'm late. But that's okay. Hey, um, as, as, we, as we wind down here, Roseanne, I want to ask you, for somebody who's been listening to this, all of the products you've created, uh, your books, your coaching, what's the best place for somebody to reach Roseanne Leslie? How do we find you? Uh, the best place would be my website. You know, there's information on there, and my phone number is there, and my email address is there. Okay, can you give us that site? It's R-A-L-E-S-L-I-E dot com. Okay, R-A-Leslie dot com. So anybody out there who, um, you know, before I say goodbye, any parting words, anything that you could, anything that we, we missed, anything you'd like to share with uh, the audience before we... We say our goodbyes here. Just that, you know, it really happens in a moment. You you recognize that you're on this earth and it's such a gift and it is so fleeting. The moment you realize that someday you are not going to exist anymore, you start to look at life as it's your game. 
You know, this is your game. You get to play it however you want. You get to pull the characters and the, uh, the concepts. Everything is yours. And to me, that's one of the greatest things that I recognize. And I, I would love to have people recognize that when they're really young. Right. You know, so I they think, can see that. I agree. I think, you know, once we have that in our mind that it's very fleeting, you know, and you don't know it when you're young because you just think, hey, man, this is cool. It's just like time's going to go on forever. But uh, I think once you do recognize that every breath is important, you know. Yeah, but and Kevin, you, I, don't, I don't know if people really, when I say you're not going to be here anymore, I don't know if people really think like that. It's like to say it is one thing, life is short, but to really put that in your mind, you will not exist one day. So if you really put that in your mind and you can grasp that, you're going to really go, okay, this is my opportunity. Right. And, and you're not going to give so much energy to what people think. Absolutely. That's what, think. That, that's what gets in the way. You heard it here, folks. R.A. Leslie, Roseanne, telling you to seize the moment. Do not let it slide. Roseanne, Little Warrior, thank you so much for being a part of Dharmic Evolution today. It was great to have you on the show and hear these stories. And uh, I just encourage everybody, please visit Roseanne's website. Check out all that she has to offer. You will not be disappointed. And Roseanne, thanks so much for being on the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you. Have a great day. Well, there we have it. I had a dream. And look what it manifested into. So Roseanne's story, very captivating. I hope you guys got a sense of the pearls of wisdom that she shared. And um, anybody who needs that kind of help, please reach out to Roseanne, Little Warrior Leslie. Thanks so much, everybody, for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, and master storyteller. I'll either see you on your socials or I'll see you from the stage.